0: Is everyone sexually broken? Today is September 23rd and let's find out together what the Bible says about sexual brokenness. So, this week we are focusing on building a biblical view of sexuality based on the five building blocks that Dr. Julie Slattery discusses in her book, Rethinking Sexuality. So, here's our first three building blocks, just as a quick recap. One, what you think about sex begins with what you believe about God. Two, the gospel is written in your sexuality. Three, someone wants to destroy holy sexuality. And our fourth building block honestly is hard to swallow. So let me start with something Jesus said and then hit you with our building block for today. Jesus said in Mark 2.17, when the Pharisees were talking behind Jesus' back about eating with such scum as tax collectors and sinners. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. So here's the truth we need to acknowledge. We are all sexually broken, all of us. For everyone has sinned and we fall short of God's glorious standards. Now those were Paul's words in Romans 3:23. This is a hard pill to swallow for two reasons. One, no one likes to admit their shortcomings and failures. And two, we typically define sexual brokenness by our symptoms. So whether we're using porn, whether we're same-sex attracted, whether um, we're triggered um, and have triggers from sexual trauma and other symptoms. Now, Dr. Slattery is actually a clinical psychologist, and in her experience, most Christians don't think that they need help in the area of sexuality. She says, The church often defines sexual health as the absence of symptoms, but brokenness is not simply the presence of symptoms. It is anything that keeps us from experiencing sexuality as the gift and metaphor of covenant love. Now, let me say that again. Sexual brokenness is anything that keeps us from experiencing sexuality as the gift and metaphor of covenant love. So with this definition of sexual brokenness, we can all admit that we've fallen short in some way, uh, usually because of one, two, or three of these reasons. The first is that we live in a fallen world. Everything has been tainted by sin, including our bodies, our thinking, and our desires. Our sexuality did not get a pass on sin's impact on creation. And because of the fall, some people's hormones, genitals, or sexual response may not function the way that they should. And because of the fall, our thinking is often prone to lies and deceit. Our feelings may not match with reality. Our desires may be distorted and crave things that are harmful, unhealthy, or just outside of God's design for us. Two, we've all been harmed sexually in some way by sin. Some people have actually been sexually abused and used by other people. And our hearts, including God's heart, grieves for those people who have been victimized through the choices of others. And almost all of us are bombarded by images and messages on a regular basis from our culture that seek to harm and destroy holy sexuality in us. We talked about that yesterday. And we have all sinned sexually. You know, have you ever had an impure thought about someone else? Have you ever lusted? Have you ever used another person to fulfill your sexual desires, even if they consented? There is no ranking or degrees of sexual sins. To God, sin is sin, falling short of his holy and perfect standard. You know, unrepentant sin and unrecognized brokenness are two of the greatest barriers keeping people from knowing God intimately. Dr. Slattery says, To the extent that we disguise our weakness and justify our sin, we will neither experience nor display God's might and majesty for a watching world. So let's admit it. Let's admit it. We have all engaged in thinking and behavior that doesn't represent God's design for our sexuality. We are all sexually broken. So let's let go of our pride and shame. Let's drag our brokenness out of the darkness and into God's light and confess it to our heavenly father who promises to forgive and cleanse us. And let's trust that God doesn't look at us with contempt and disgust, which is what our enemy wants us to believe. But he sees us through the light of his love, wanting to bring healing and wholeness to our broken places, restoring his image in us and his purpose for us. By his grace and mercy, he sees potential the potential we have to bring glory to him through our sexuality, even in our brokenness. And it makes me think of these words from Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves.